On today's show, the Mavs won Game 3 in Utah without Luka Doncic. But did the Jazz discover something playing small ball? Plus, what worked and what do we expect if Luka does return for Game 4? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavs don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen every day throughout the playoffs. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe to the show. And the best way you can help grow the show, leave a comment. Comment anything below. Appreciate you guys. I love the people that say, I'm here for my comment, or I'm providing my comment, or fight me. <laughs> I love all those. Uh, appreciate everybody down there. Thanks uh, for making us your first listen. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the live lord, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I want to shout out everybody who listened to our pod yesterday. Who, uh, Gosh, I think we got the most comments we've ever gotten on a, yeah, on a video. Almost 600 we were at. And that checked. came after a win. Normally, you guys love to comment after losses. <laughs> so uh, all the fights break out then. But seriously, thank you. If you hopped on board this week, like Nick said, we record every single night. So we have a pod that drops every single day in season and out of season. In the yeah, play- true. <laughs> when true, the playoffs true. are done, we always get the tweets. For the past five years, we've been doing this pod. As soon as the season's over, people tweet us, man, can't wait to hear y'all next season. Like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. We, n- no, we no, never no. stop. No, no, no. We never stop. We go all through the <laughs> offseason draft of free agency and a lot of fun. We'll be there for you every morning. Good morning, Isaac. Yeah, and we just, we've been talking to the Majestic, you know, about oh Ma- Ma- Mavs Academy Awards. Uh <laughs> You know, we had to take last year off, and, you know, it's tough times last year. So, should be good this year. All right. On today's show, we're going to get into a Luka Doncic update. We'll give you the breakdown of the small ball situation that happened at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. The Jazz decided to go small. What does that mean for the Mavs? What if they decide to do that for half the game in game four? What does that mean for the Mavs? And then we'll talk about a couple things that worked and didn't work in game three. Looking ahead to game four, which is Saturday today, if you're listening, watching this, it's a quick turnaround for this one. But let's start with the Luka Doncic update. He's officially listed as questionable. By the time you're listening to this, that may have been changed, but he is listed as questionable, which is still a positive thing. It's not doubtful, but it's also not probable. So, I mean, there's different things you can take. It's a, it's another game time decision, right? There's not a lot of time between game three and game four for anything else to happen. Uh, Jason Kidd was asked about it, and he said, are you feeling optimistic about it? And he said, well, optimistic is a good word. (laughs) That's a good word. If you look at what he's done up to this point, he's made good progress. But he then said this. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Just kidding. He said that like eight days ago. He said that like 18 days ago, and I'm just going to keep playing it because I find it hilarious. He was all, Jason Kidd was also asked on uh, at practice on Friday if the results of the series determined Luka's return. So the Mavs are up 2-1. Should the Mavs hold Luka out because they're succeeding in this series? And he said, no, where we are in the series doesn't determine if he plays at if he plays or doesn't play. Isaac, should that be the case? Should the Mavs be, you know, feeling it out and, and giving Luka some extra rest just because they're ahead in this series already? Um, no, I think that's, I think the Mavs have played this perfectly, how they've, even if they went into the series, like, I don't think we'll ever know this, but 
could they have decided before the season before the series even started hey he's not gonna play the first three games and then they just like did this whole thing of you know it sucks for the fan base but it also it's kind of like the opponent keeping the opponent on edge and game plan and they're having a game plan for two different things so they're playing it perfect up until you know even today hearing kids say that ah, optimistic we'll see game time decision all of that but it feels like this is a positive world <laughs> we you know we've been wanting to see these markers before he comes back of like all right well he's got to get some practice time he's got to get he's got to move past the Ben Simmons one on zero, you know, workouts <laughs> there. And I think, you know, Mark Stein, you know, tweeted out today about him participating in five on five drills during yep. practice. You know, Stein's been pretty on top of it, you know, reporting that he's on track, you know, looking like he could come back for game four on yesterday's podcast. You know, we were saying, I, I think he does play on Saturday at three 30. I think that's the, that's the target for that, but we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think the series where the series at should determine anything. And I don't think you can get cute with it either of, Hey, we're up to one. We bought time, you know, all of that. And it's like, if Luke is healthy and if he has the stamp of approval from Casey Smith and him and everybody, which they've said that everybody's fully on board with what is going on right now in decision-making, then he needs to go out there and play. Don't, don't get cute with it. Luca today, when asked if he's going to play in game four, said, I don't know. And then said, you know, had somebody asked him the question, who has been helping you the most throughout this whole process? Who's been the one that's been encouraging you and, you know, being there and helping you through not playing? And he said, Casey Smith is my boss. I do what he says. <laughs> that's incredible. We all believe in Casey Smith and Casey Smith. We trust with this, but, but, this whole injury. And and I think I think it matters, right, that he he's listening to what Casey said. And they're just going to go off of that. They're going to go off of Luca's individual thing. It, there's not. I don't think there's any tactics behind what they're doing, right? No. There's there's tactics behind the uh, release of information, but not about yes. how they're actually handling Luca. Um, I was listening to this is a, a this is a like third fourth hand information now, so take it as you will. But oh, this I was is good. I was listening to Dan Patrick, and he is had this an exclusive or is <laughs> an exclusive from an exclusive from an exclu- okay. from an old exclusive. I was listening to Dan Patrick. He had Adam Silver on his po- on his show, and he said Adam Silver when. Adam Silver was the president of the NBA films back when they were they were like uh, filming for the Last Dance documentary, but like back during Jordan's last year with the Bulls. And when Jordan had some injuries, he said Jordan wanted to play through everything and wanted to play in every single game and wanted to show up for fans. And then also, you know, Dan Patrick asked him, well, what about this whole Zion thing? Like, why isn't Zion playing this year? Do you think Jordan would have done a similar thing if he like broke his foot? Would he have sat out the whole year? And Adam Silver said Jordan thought that if he didn't play when he could, that was risking even more injury. That he wasn't keeping in a rhythm. He wasn't keeping in, um, you know, time. He was like like playing scared and all that, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm curious about that for Luca too. Like, hey, maybe holding him out longer could be worse for him. Like, there's all these different factors with it. But yeah. I, it was interesting to think that that's what Jordan thought during his career. Yeah. Well, anything we can, anytime we can talk about the goat and. Uh, the Correct. greatest basketball player to ever play. Um, I'm down to hear about it. For oh, Casey, man. for Casey Smith, there's a unique relationship Casey has with the players, and you know, I got a little bit of ins- more insight of that when I did the story with Dwight Powell back um, back last year about him recovering from the Achilles and stuff, and just talking about his recovery and just that whole grind and process. And he said how good of friends him and Casey like got to be of just 
the early mornings, just the nonstop through the night, just all the different workouts and all the different stuff. And just, it feels like Casey Smith's a guy that it's not just a job. Like he's just, he loves the relationship part and to hear how the players talk about him. There's a reason why it's not just a Mavericks thing, but like he's regarded as one of the best in the business across the league. Like everybody talks about, yeah, everybody talks about him. So in Casey, we trust. Oh, absolutely. So will Luca play in game four? He's questionable. The Mavs are optimistic, but this is a positive world. So we don't we don't know for sure. I, you think he's gonna play? That you've been you've I been do. pretty adamant that you think he's gonna play in Game Four. I do, yeah. He has been progressing to the to the point. Like if if all this information that we're hearing is is correct, then he's been progressing to the point where he probably will play in that game. But I don't know how much. I don't I don't know if it's like thirty five minutes, but I think he plays. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if, if Luka does play. But coming up, let's talk about the small ball lineup that, that the Jazz finally unveiled and finally uh, released. I went back and watched that March 27th game when Gobert and Whiteside didn't play. So there's a lot of that in this game. So I wanted to talk about some of the things I saw in that. We'll talk about that coming up. Before we do, let me tell you about Truebill. Truebill is an app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need or simply forgot about. There's all kinds of subscriptions. You sign up for a trial, and then they're like, okay, well... Now you have to call us to cancel it. You already put your credit card information on. So here's the first month we already took off and it happens like midnight right on the day. And there's all these different complicated things. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel and Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there to help you uh, cancel those unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for any of those scams anymore. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now to truebill.com slash NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. Also, want to tell you about uh, a delicious protein bar that tastes like a candy bar that Isaac was cheating on today. <laughs> Isaac went on the, the Dallas Mavericks uh, Twitch stream and was eating a different, a different bar possibly. <laughs> You know what? It, it wasn't as healthy as what a Built Bar is. Check out Built Bars. They're absolutely delicious, and they're pretty good for you, too. Check out the puffs that they have right now. They have a mint marshmallow puff, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and Isaac, I bet the bar you ate today had more than five grams of sugar. Yeah, it did. Easily, easily, but, but Built Bars have that. Go check them out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your entire order at Built Bar. Get them, get them while they're hot. It's a it's a Utah based company. They need some help up there, so <laughs> send send them your help because uh, they're down bad right now. Check them out, built.com. All right, Isaac, let's uh, work through this this situation. So the Utah Jazz are reeling. They're struggling in Game Three. Not sure exactly what they're doing. They just look listless. Donovan Mitchell can't get anything going at all, and then all of a sudden. In the third quarter, we see something. We see something mm-hmm. different that we hadn't seen before. Um, we see uh, at the five-minute, 33-second mark, Jason Kidd challenges a play that none of us thought was actually going to be overturned, and the Jazz throw in Eric Paschal instead of Rudy, Rudy Gobert. The Jazz goes small for the first time in the series. It was 83-66 to 66 at that point. The Mavs were up. The Jazz just looked like they couldn't get anything going on offense at all. They end this. They end that quarter going 25 and 14. The Mavs were only up 97, 91 after that, and then they continue to throw that look back and forth. They put Gobert back in a little bit in the fourth quarter, but not for the not really for the entire game. In the fourth quarter, Rudy Gobert only played. 
Oh, and of uh, Rudy Gobert played five minutes and oh, just about six minutes. So he played half of the fourth quarter. And then the other half of the fourth quarter, they played this small ball lineup. What Ru- about this? Rudy only played 11 minutes in the second half. Right. Probably. Right. So he, he, you know, he played half of the second half. So what about this? What about this small ball lineup made it easier for the Jazz to score? And what, what kind of scares you about it? Well, it just offensively, it created a lot of space for, for Donnie and, you know, it gives them, they put these shooters out there, put, you know, Pascal, you know, is in that corner. He hits that big three, turns around, looks at the bench. Well, you know, who's not hitting a three in that spot, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and because Rudy's not even in the corner if Rudy's in the game, Rudy's in the dunker spot. So you immediately leave that defender there. You know, if Maxie's guarding Rudy or Dwight's guarding, whoever's guarding Rudy, now they're kind of like one foot in the paint if Rudy's in the dunker spot there. So anytime you drive, then you automatically have that defender. And guess who's not getting lobs thrown to him? Rudy Gobert. You know, I think it was only two in that game. So you just take it and it might sound dumb just to think about, okay, well, it's only like three or four more feet, but that's huge when it comes to the court as far as like somebody being in a dunker spot compared to that corner. So you place him with Pascal and put him in the corner. Well, now you have all the space. And that's why I felt like, you know, Donovan Mitchell was getting to the the rim at ease. Now, there is something that I think some some of us looked over a little bit that Maxie did pick up his fifth foul in that. And Dwight Powell also had five fouls in this as well. Yeah, so you know that's when they brought Bert Bertans in at the five, and you know Davis is is cool and all, but he just can't defend on the perimeter. So that contributed to Donnie getting to the rim at, at at ease, but but still, it gave them a jolt. It gave them a you know even post game what Donovan Mitchell paraphrasing said, you know that's when they picked up. That's when they had that energy. You know, he go look at his quote and stuff about you know the defense <laughs> of when Pascal came in, which. You know, as a buddy of let me, his, let me, if for everybody that's <clears throat> listening on the podcast, I'm gonna give you the best Liz Lemon eye roll I can give you right now. Oh, brother! <laughs> that's when you got uh, energy. Good, <laughs> good gosh! This jazz team has such bad vibes on it right now. But, but it did just give them a whole different look because, I mean, you look at just Rudy's on-off numbers in this series. You look at you know his off bench, which he's been on for 102 minutes. He's been off the floor for 42 minutes in those minutes that they he's been off the floor. I get it, it's only 42. It's only half those minutes. He's, whatever. But their offensive rating is 135. And it's like there there is something there that this is the biggest question mark outside of Luca playing. This is the biggest question mark going into game four is how much is Quinn Snyder willing to lean into this small ball thing? And do they think that they've figured out something long-term because they definitely caught the Mavs by surprise. They did. Like you can't yeah. deny that. Like mm-hmm. it Mavs took them a little bit to adjust to this. It gave them a jolt. It's just how much will they lean into it for game four? How the cojones factor uh, of benching a $40 million player, basically. Well, I'm fascinated by it. The thing about this small ball lineup is yes, it worked against this lineup, but guess who destroys small ball lineups? <laughs> Luka uh, Doncic, a 6'8", 200 and blah, blah, blah pound like forward that can dribble the ball better than anybody, that can pass the ball better than anybody, that can score over anybody. And guess who's going to body Eric Paschal and take it to him? Uh, that's Luka Doncic, right? Like I was I was going back and watching that March 27th game, and I actually didn't watch that game. I rewatched all the other games, but I didn't watch this one before this series because Gobert didn't play. And I thought, well, there's, it doesn't matter. Gobert, Bogdanovich yeah. didn't play. Whiteside didn't play. Okay, this, then that game doesn't matter. It doesn't tell me anything. I don't learn anything from this game. But now I wanted to go back and actually watch it. So um, Pascal just can't stay in front of Luka. 
they have to have some uh, they have to have some extra stuff. They have to bring somebody else over. Um, he did an okay job. He does an okay job strength wise. Like Luca's not gonna just push him off of his spot because Pascal's just a like a strong, stocky guy for his size. But Luca can still get around him if he's when Luca was, was healthy. When yeah. Luca was healthy, March twenty seventh, Luca was in shape, playing some of his you know playing some good basketball. And now that's a big question. Now is how how much burst is Luca gonna actually have? Um, and how much push is he gonna actually have? Because he's either gotta push Pascal to a spot or get a switch or you know whatever and then the passes have to be on point which i think that we think that they will be still and yeah. then his, his his mid-range shots got to be on point because because the, they'll probably put him on luca if luca plays they'll probably leave royce on, on jalen brunson the thing is in this game in the in march 27th game they didn't put pascal on him but he got switched mm. on to luca so many times that like the mavs were hunting it they were going after it it was all these plays especially in the first quarter they didn't have pascal on him initially and they the mavs just kept switching kept forcing Pascal to switch on to Luca because they wanted that matchup. So I'm interested to see and Luca didn't have much success against him in that specific game early, but I'm I'm curious to see how they play it this time around. Because and when it's playoff they, basketball and it's all different and Luca yeah. played different energy and all that. But because when they go small and they bench their two bigs, it forces Dallas to go in isolation then. Yeah. Of like it, it goes in this this is when, you know, Dinwiddie should thrive of Okay, well, we've talked about how much Dinwiddie, you know, relies on driving to the basket, getting the fouls, scoring at the rim. Well, if Rudy Gobert's not in there, let's do this. Like throw the three. If Rudy Bo- Rudy Gobert's not in there, throw the three guards out there, Luca, JB, Dinwiddie, and just say, "All right, well, you don't want to do this. You want to you want to go small. Then we're just going to ISO you out with our three guys, and let's just take advantage of the matchups and." That it might take away. Will they hit forty three pointers if they if Rudy Gobert plays like eighteen minutes in this game and Pascal plays like thirty something? And I mean that would be a massive storyline. <laughs> will Dallas hit forty threes? I don't know, but take they're 40. gonna. Yeah, will they? Will they take? <laughs> will they? <laughs> if they hit forty threes, they win the game. It's, it's over. over. <laughs> the series is over. Forty threes. Uh, David was like inc- twenty two was incredible. Now we're going to forty. David's like, can y'all hit 40 again? <laughs> <laughs> shout out to shout out David Locke. Also, shout out to every single one of you, like you listening right now, that went to listen to Lockdown Jazz. He had his like all-time best YouTube day today and also had a ton of comments that were like, Lockdown Mavs sent me, Nick and Isaac sent me, I'm here, I'm a Mavs fan coming in peace. Like all that, all those comments, I was cracking up listening. I have an assignment for you guys. <laughs> if the Mavericks win game four, I need all of you. To go into the comments and just say go Mavs on locked on jazz. Yeah, nothing mean. Just go in, go <laughs> yeah. Mavs. Just give just them the just give go, them a go Mavs. Mavs. <laughs> uh, if you want to drop like praying for you or something, uh, but <laughs> just just go Mavs. We're already uh, sacrilegious with our worship songs on this show, so we might as well pray for our sports teams to win. But in, in this game on March 27th, the Mavs hit 16, hit 17 of their 34 threes, 50%, and they won the game. They won the game by a lot, right? In the second half, they won on this run, and uh, Bullock hit seven threes, Luka hit four threes, Brunson and Finney Smith hit two threes each, Dinwiddie and Nilakina hit one each off the bench. And uh, and that went, that's that's what, what got them this win. But Because uh, I wonder if, I but, wonder if but, part of... Your point about Dinwiddie, he scored 10 points in the fourth quarter in game three, and that was massive for him. Yeah, it was huge. But something I also wonder is, like, at some point, this is part of the adjustments, too, for Utah that you're looking at it and saying, and this could be a little biased angle here, but, like, what adjustment do they have? Like, it feels like Dallas hasn't I mean, that's has what Locke an answer. said today. Locke said that on his podcast today. It's, it's like, 
it feels like Dallas just has them fully figured out right now to where yeah. whatever you want to throw out there. So why I say the if they go small and Dallas might not get their 43s up is maybe the adjustment to Quinn Snyder in them saying, hey, we're just going to st- we're just going to try to take away the threes. We're going to try to force you off the three point line because you all are hitting, you know, 22 and then 18 last game maybe they just try to stay home on the three and then if they give up layups and they just they try to defend at the rim as best they can i don't know i I don't know what the answer is for them but i just i am so fascinated to see how much they lean into that you know it's going to happen and you know this is what dallas has spent their off day doing is prepping for this oh yeah because it it caught them off guard so much that you know that they've prepped for it a ton on friday so We'll they were, they've been so ready for this Jazz look, the same look. And because the Jazz play the same way, whether they have Gobert in or Whiteside in, right? Like they have this. Yeah. They, 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 that's the reason why they brought in Whiteside. They've been trying Does to Whiteside find Whiteside play tomorrow. I don't think so. He's a DMP CD. I think, on that they, I think they do half the I think Gobert plays like 27, 28 minutes, something like that. And then they play the other the other half of the game or two, whatever, you know, what would that be? A two-fifths of the game, whatever, 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 whatever math you want to do. Um, then they'll play small like this. They'll play Pascal at the five. The other yeah. thing is, in this game, on um, March 27th, they played uh, Rudy Gay a lot. If they play Rudy Gay a lot, Luca's going to score like 80 points. because Luka He hasn't played play this series, right? He hasn't played this series at all. He's been bad for them this season. Um, they also didn't have Whiteside either or Gobert, so they just didn't have any options in this game. They just threw him out there. But with him at the five, the Mavs were just dominating. Like Luca was just pushing him off his spot. Like it was just way too easy for him on defense. Um, Pasco was at least strong enough, but Rudy Gay had no chance. Um, Shout out to them trading Joe Ingles. I know he's out for the year to get. I know. Nikhil Alexander Walker, and he doesn't even play. He at hasn't all. played either. I think I'll just take Ingles in the locker room. The other player that mattered in that game a lot on March twenty seventh was our boy. <laughs> Trent Forrest. Our boy Trent Forrest played 20 minutes in this game and uh, scored 10 points off the bench and had a, had a decent little run of his own. But uh, coming up, I have a stat for you that was wild that I read about the Utah Jazz in this game. One of the reasons why I think that the series is coming to an end at some point. Then we'll talk about a couple things that worked and what didn't. Uh, also, Jason Kidd had a, uh, a comment about this small ball lineup, so we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Shady Rays. I'm going to put on these sunglasses, show off in front of Isaac, because I haven't given Thank him you. his yet. Wow, is your future so bright? You need sunglasses? My future is so bright. The Mavs' future is so bright. Jalen Brunson's future is so bright that I got to wear some Shady Rays, an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, durable premium high-end finishes you can get them at shady rays and the coolest thing about them is their insane protection program shady rays includes lost and protection on every single pair they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happens give them a try and if you don't love them you'll pay nothing it's as simple as that plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in america when you shop with shady rays they're doing good stuff they're making good stuff doing good stuff helping you Get your glasses back if you lose them. Use the code Locked On to get fifty percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Fifty percent, like this is this is a really good deal for Shady Rays. Fifty percent off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Use the promo code Locked On ShadyRays.com. All right, Isaac, we've been talking about this small ball lineup that the Jazz threw out there. How much we expected in Game Four? What can we think about in Game Four? Here's one of the reasons why I'm feeling good about it. It was Jason Kidd's comment. On the small ball lineup, Jason Kidd said, well, they got to the free throw line. We fouled too much. 
it with that unit. And they did because they were behind. They were behind a lot. Their rotations were behind. They just weren't ready for that spread it out look. If the Jazz almost did exactly what the Mavs have been doing to the Jazz all series and spreading them out and getting them away from what was working for them, which is the hedging and the digging and the switching and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and the Mavs caught them off guard. And so you mentioned. Maxi had five fouls. He was in foul trouble. Early in the fourth quarter, Dwight picked up his fifth foul. And so neither of those guys were available. And so all of a sudden, it just changes the calculus for the Mavs with that lineup. And so that's maybe why they didn't look as good against that lineup in game three, even though they won the game, but could look better in game four. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to keep on going. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were gonna drop a stat. It was like you were listening. It's like you were listening to the pod. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Well, no, yeah, it's a good point. All right, <laughs> you I'll, teased I'll give you- the stat, and I was like waiting for the stat to hit, and I was like, oh, okay. I'll give you my stat. I'll, I'll, I'll complete the tease here. Right. Uh, my stat: two times in the history of the Utah Jazz, the franchise has been around since you know what seventies before then. Mm. In the playoffs, has a Jazz team. Shot 56% from the field and lost twice. One time was the year of my birth, and the other one was this year, (laughs) game three. So it's been 30 years between these. Like, and it's only uh, it's only also happened like 20 times in the regular season for them in their entire history of this whole franchise that the Jazz have shot 56% from the field and lost. Like that, that team is just having issues that are more than even just scoring. Like they figured out how to score on the Mavs, but the Mavs also figured out how to score on them. And that stat to me was like, dang. That's, that's the thing is like, what are you hanging your hat on right now? If you're Utah of like, you've gotten over 30 a game from, from Donovan in the series, you've gotten like what? 25, roughly 25 a game from Bogdanovich. 20 from Bogdanovich. You got two 20 point games from, from um, Clarkson. Clarkson, right? Yeah. And it's like. I mean, Clarkson had 14 this past game, but you shot 56 percent, you know, in that game. The stat you just said, and you lost. I mean, I guess the only thing is like, hey, eventually our threes are going to fall, like they did in the regular season. But well, until last night, they had also been dominating on the rebounds. <laughs> yeah. Last night, the Mavs tied them up in rebounds, and and the Jazz only got one offensive rebound in Game Three. Yeah. So I just I don't I don't know, but I also want to caution and just put the brakes on a little bit that this this series isn't over and like we can't like i'm not celebrating at all yet because i was in the building for game three last year and like and game six and we were all covering this mavericks team last year of for that game three coming back from la up 2-0 game three happens it starts we're like this is over (laughs) and then even game six you know they win game five in la come back up three two chance to close out at home like there's no like we got this in the bag it's over so i mean that that just like scarred me forever so until it's the fourth quarter and we have you know we're up by like 15 and the final buzzer sounds i'll i'll then take the victory laps (laughs) you know who else was having that same mentality spencer dinwiddie on practice on friday he had a great quote talking about how this team feels right now he said hey if the Jazz win tomorrow, it's a tie series. It's back to 0-0 for this team. And then you got to win the next, you know, you got to win best, what is it, best out of three after that or best out of? Best out of three. Yeah, best out of three after that. Um, so as good as we feel right now, we can't be satisfied. And it was one of his, his quotes about it. And they're, they're not they're not resting on their laurels. There's an incredible, incredible picture of Brunson on the podium last night. I tweeted it out. Somebody posted it to Reddit. And uh, I tweeted it. And then... Uh, 
<laughs> just Brunson. He's sitting there like this at the podium around the microphone, just like, do your best Brunson face that he was doing. Just looked as bored as could be. Just He's also probably really tired. He also got hit in the back, so he's probably hurting. But he just looked as bored as it can be. And to me, I was like, this is the face of a guy that won two national championships and is not impressed by winning two playoff games without Luka, right? Like He yeah. expects to be here at this point and at this moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's if there's a guy who is not going to be – the stage isn't going to be too big for him right now, it's Jalen Brunson. He's played on a huge stages before, and he's played well on those stages. So, but he didn't come to the podium like, "Hey guys, we did it!" Right? Like, yeah, we're, oh, no. we're good. Like, we're riding high. Like, f the Jazz. You know, he's not, he's not like doing that. He was giving them credit. He was giving Gobert credit. You know, he's giving all these Donovan Mitchell credit. He's like giving all these guys credit and like, "Hey, we're, we haven't like." It's the famous Kobe Bryant quote, right? Job's not done. Job's yeah. not done. They're they're still not over yet. So this this series could be tied on Saturday, and then all of a sudden it's you know anybody's game. Something that, you know, we listen, we both, <laughs> although if you, if you watch David Locke's podcast today or listen to Locked on Jazz today, he does not feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm curious. Uh, so, you know, I, I was on the you know Twitch stream with Babs.com today and we shout were talking, out. shout out to Bobby and Kat and, and Chopper Kat, yeah. and Steph and everybody. But we we were talking about this game four and we all kind of agreed that we didn't, we don't think this is going to be like a close game. We think it's going to be either either or. We think either Utah is going to go out in game four and they're going to they're going to win by a lot and it's going to be like the bounce back game for them, or it's going to be the 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 switch is flipped and it's just total implosion of. See, I thought this game three was going to be the big game from Utah. I, I asked David Locke on our crossover. I was like, when is Donovan Mitchell going to break out and just have one of those games where he goes off for 40 and it's really efficient? Because he had a game like that against the Mavs this year where he just went off and hit like six or seven threes or something like that. And it just felt like he could light it up. But give credit to Dorian Finney-Smith, man. Dorian, man. <laughs> he has taken him uh, to a, a and, different place and he's not been as efficient in this series at all. So, yeah, I just wonder if this is – is game four the game that it just crumbles that it, if it or the jazz maybe, yeah maybe maybe, yeah. It, maybe that happened in game three and we'll right. see how it plays out but if they if they lose in game four i mean they know it and i think we all were pretty confident if they lose in game four mavs go up three one the series is probably over so it, it's do or die for him at this point something else that lock is kind of off topic a little bit something else that lock pointed out in his pod that I thought it was a really telling point that you probably didn't notice it in the moment. Most of us watching was that Dallas didn't run a play in the fourth. They, they, they just took advantage of the matchups and just like targeting Donovan Mitchell and just trying to get the switches they wanted. And I mean, that's just telling right there that you don't have to run a play. You're just going out there saying, Hey, you suck. So bad defense. We're just going to target you. I got a couple of tweets during the game. That was like, Hey, this feels like pickup ball. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was just roll the ball out. Jalen Brunson, there was even a play in the fourth quarter where he literally just rolled the ball out and waited for it to get past half court. And the Jazz couldn't come up and pressure him because the Mavs' like offensive movement had been so good and they were able to, to swing the ball to the right spot and find the open guy so efficiently that he rolls the ball to not make the shot clock start all the way, like really slow, all the way to half court, and nobody could come up and pressure him because he'll just get right by you, and then all of a sudden that's a huge problem for the Jazz. They had to just keep set defensively, and it just does feel like this this thing where they're <laughs> they're just kind of like running whatever they, they need. They're just taking advantage of matchups. They don't have to run anything complicated. They're 
you know, it, it is it does feel like that the Jazz don't have any answers at this point. But we'll see about this <laughs> this small ball if they try it more in game four. And you know they're you're kind of like seriously like it feels like the this was the only time that the past two games that they like ooh maybe we have something and if they want to tap into it a little bit more in game four it could be the game that Luca comes back in it's like all right well here's Dallas's counter and then to the that, Mavs you know? completely take that away right I mean Luca will destroy that small ball lineup in a playoff setting yeah and, and we just and we got to see how healthy Luca is is he does he look like fully fully Luca out there. You know, what, what's the, we could play the what if game a lot going into it of, you know, what if this happens? What if Luca plays and the Mavs lose? What's the, what's the conversations after that one of, oh, Luca should have said, or what's, yeah, right. you know, what's the Wasted national thing? Game. You know, the, the national narrative of, oh, the Mavs, were they better without Luca? You know, who's, <laughs> who's the first one who zags with that? You know, Nick Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Skip Bayless. Bill Simmons joked on this pod about the Ewing theory, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I think this is the Jazz theory. This is the this is the other playoff team implodes theory. Yeah, so I'm just yeah, I'm curious what happens in Game Four. Obviously, it's about Luca. Biggest things about if Rudy go, how many minutes does Rudy Gobert play, and you know how does this series does this series even up two two and it turns into a three game series? You know, with Dallas winning that game in Utah, now Utah has to win another one in Dallas. So. Even if they win game yeah. four, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas can still back, win their home games and they're, home they're court. Good. Yeah, they're good to go on that. So can yeah. I can I do one more thing? <gasps> Here you go. Here's the crown. Jason Kidd had, had a hilarious quote today at practice. That I couldn't find another way to 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 get into this podcast until now. You know, as a team, we believe in defense. We've said that from the beginning. And he looked around at the media people around him and said, and you guys laughed. Hey, guess what? We were part of that, that laughed at this team about making defense their priority and becoming a good defensive team. And Reggie Bullock said, what's our goal at, at media day? Reggie Bullock looked yeah. at us and said, we said, what's the goal for this team? You know, is it first round? Is it, is it, you know, we talked about all these different milestones and he said, top 10 defense. And he left and we kind of looked at each other like, hey, that's a pretty good goal. Like, that's a good goal for him. But there's a, this team is not making a top 10 defense because they were 22 last year or 23 or whatever. And I thought it was funny that Jason Kidd was like, you guys laughed at us and here we are playing this incredible defensive series and being a good defensive team. We laugh because we've heard it for the past how many ever years? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Going into training camp. We're, we're focusing uh, on we're, defense this year. We're focusing on defense in the in, in training camp. It's all we're but to his credit, defense. that was you know Rick Carlisle to him saying that. So this is first year that he's saying that and He's back. He's backed it up. Also, shout out to Sean Sweeney for being the only assistant that didn't get named in the the Sacramento Kings are interviewing coaching candidates today, and they named a whole bunch of people, including Mark Jackson and a bunch oh. of assistants. And Sean Sweeney was not on the list, please. and I was like, good for him. Mark Jackson, please was, go to it, the Kings. It was like last year when uh, Jamal Mosley didn't go to the Kings. I was like, good, good for you, Jamal Mosley, or didn't go to the. What was the What was the job? We were like, good for you for not going there. I think it was Knicks. The Kings. Knicks, maybe, maybe? The, no, because they had Tibbs still. They were they were good when he was. Uh, but anyway, they were like, good job Jamal Mosley for not going to the <laughs> the Kings. Anyway, all right, there you go. We'll be back with the post game after Game Four. Thanks, Early Wilson. tip tomorrow, guys. Don't don't forget three thirty Central Time. Thanks, Wilson. Lockdown Maps. So boom.